York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. When the truth is found to be lies, and all the joy within you. And I'll be coming at you back-to-back, belly-to-belly, as I finish up this entire weekend, which has been a Quinella for me. WABC, starting on Saturday mornings, 12 to 6, and then so nice I do it twice, 12 to 6 on Sundays. It's a total of 12 straight hours of the overnights, the better side of the other side of midnight. And we spent 80% of our time talking about what went on at the Pelosi residence. And we feared not. We plunged ahead. In fact, we have on board a uh, board operator on loan to us, having served 40 years over at WCBS-FM, Broadway, Bill Lee. Uh, you've been through a lot of battles over the years. I certainly have. And uh, these are the kind of stories you can lose your job over because there's third rails everywhere. We'll get into that momentarily because for some, it's too hot. It's like uh, hot soup, hot soup, hot soup coming through the aisle. Ever since I got off uh, the radio at 6 o'clock this morning, discussing almost all Pelosi all the time. And by the way, she has not surfaced. We have not seen any video or any photographs of Nancy Pelosi anywhere. I want to make that. That's a fact. You can't say, well, that, that determines your leaning left or right. No, we have not seen anything in 72 hours of Nancy Pelosi other than we were told that when her husband was attacked uh, in Pacific Heights at their mansion, one of the most secure, one of the safest of the few safe areas in San Francisco because of all the private security, the cameras outside, the cameras inside, and all the special security provisions taken by the uber-wealthy. Which you got to be to live in uh, Pacific Heights. Anyway, let's get back on track because uh, we have been able to source up information from our listeners. And from time to time in the last uh, 48 hours, other callers have tried to cut us off at the pass because we were coming too close to what may ultimately be the truth. Or we may never actually ever learn the truth of what happened in that house. But let's uh, let's bring it all back, because I was hoping to hear more when I got off the airwaves at 6 o'clock. But to be honest, although the programming was very good here at WABC, a lot of it was about the midterm elections coming up. We're a little uh, more than a week away to November 8th. All of that was good, but nobody wanted to touch the third rail here. And there's a reason. So, uh, Bill Lee, we've not only danced on the third rail, we've... Uh, laid down on the third rail. We haven't been burnt yet. But somebody has to do this because, remember, I have the cred that nobody else has. I am not a Trumper. Everybody knows that. I'm not MAGA. When I ran for mayor, you had the uh, one candidate against me who's yet to be seen uh, conceding the election, Fernando Mateo, using Lieutenant General Flint. Oh, he, he's a rhino. He, he, he hates Trump, right? Remember that. 
Can't forget that. It's just a year ago. And you have nobody else talking about this who has actually spent time in Berkeley and San Francisco and knows, let's call it, the eccentricities of the people who populate that area from the old Haight-Ashbury section at Golden Gate Park to People's Park in Berkeley. I doubt anybody here in this station has spent as much time as I have there and knows of the different points of view. One, one thing I can tell you conclusively, ain't nobody walking around with a MAGA hat in Berkeley. You, 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 that's just, you don't do that. No MAGA hats in Berkeley. The most radical city in America where nobody collects rent, nobody is getting evicted. And that leads us to this character, DePepe, who right now is in custody in San Francisco County Jail. That's one thing I can't tell you that I normally know. I've been locked up in so many county jails around the country. I had a visit to the county jail there, but never a lockup. So I don't know what the conditions are. And I am concerned that all of a sudden on Monday when DePepe is supposed to be brought for an arraignment, and the charge is uh, introduced uh, officially for the first time in court by the new San Francisco district attorney of the county who replaced Boudin, who, as you remember, was recalled. Um, we hope he doesn't uh, end up in an Epstein style of state and hangs himself. Uh, hopefully he's under suicide watch 247365, but we saw what happened when Epstein was under suicide watch. So let me put that aside. Let's go back to Friday afternoon. It was 12.30. I was on the air, as I am every Monday through Fridays, from 12.15 to 1, right after the Bill O'Reilly 15-minute update. It's the lunchtime edition of WABC. So I couldn't pay attention to the shortest police press conference in the history of police press conferences that was taking place. Uh, It was hosted by the um, police commissioner of San Francisco. Good morning, everybody. My name is Chief Bill Scott with the San Francisco Police Department. At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Ms. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. The suspect has been identified as 42-year-old David DePepe. And that's pretty much all we found out. We didn't find out who David DePepe was, what he did for a living, where he was living, That all had to be unearthed by really good journalists who are busting their shoes out there, who know the Berkeley beat. Because he's been living in a broken-down bus like a lot of hippies do from the days uh, of hippies traveling the country in school buses, you know, that they would paint all different kind of colors. He's living in a bus right outside of a nudist commune that his wife was in charge of, who you're going to find out, is actually in jail now, charged with kidnapping, attempted kidnap of a 14-year-old boy outside of Berkeley High School that has no political affiliations to this kidnap. And she actually did a jailhouse interview that I have not heard aired anywhere. I don't understand why they 
We don't want to hear from the woman who actually is at the epicenter of all this. She's the queen bee of the nudist colony that this guy De Pepe was affiliated with. We're going to get to all of that. I have never in my life, 68 years, ever heard a press conference, a police press conference, that lasted two minutes. They took no questions. They walked out, and they haven't been seen since. It is now 72 hours later, and we have yet to get an update or yet to see the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, address the press. Uh, This is very Kennedy-esque. This is what the Kennedys would always do. You follow the life and time of so many Kennedys, people we knew in the Kennedy family, people you didn't know. The concept was hit the mattresses, stir the marinara sauce, uh, deny that something happened, ignore it, and then delay doing anything about it, hoping that the news cycle will just sweep it away. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work. But I will tell you this, nothing was answered in that press conference. If anything, it just created more questions. But I've been very disappointed with some of our staff members here at WABC who immediately decided they weren't going to touch the third rail. We are a free speech talk radio station, the the number one news talk station in the nation with 50,000 powerful watts of sound. And I can't understand why some of our hosts and hostesses, unless uh, they're worried about job security, wouldn't touch it. So here's a guy who touches everything, James Golden. Listen to what he had to say at about 4.30 on Friday, which to me was inconceivable that all of a sudden he would shut down any discussion about what people were talking about. George in Rockland County, New York, you're on Los Angeles Rush Hour. How are you, George? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. So I believe this Pelosi story is one huge fake story. I all right, enough. Stop there. Stop there. George, I love you, but I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm not going there. I'm not doing any cooch um, stuff today. This man got beaten down with a hammer. We're not going to sit here and say things didn't happen. This is not the Alex Jones show. What does that make Things me? happen. This was an awful thing to happen, and I am not going to permit that on this radio program ever. So let me get this straight, James. If we allow for free speech, if we allow our listeners to weigh in with their comments, and many did over the course of the last 12 hours that I hosted here with with Bill Lee, who was here at the boards, we heard all sides. That's what this this forum is about, free speech. And you just shut them down. That's it. Poor guy in Rockland County. What was that, George? That's it, George. Boom. You don't do that. It's America. It's free speech. Now, there are limitations to free speech. But, again, it was so early in the process. But to compare what I've been doing all weekend long to being Alex Jones, please, please, it's an insult. Ah, I I forgive James. Hopefully he'll recover on Monday when he returns from 4 to 5. Hopefully. But now uh, let's listen to something that emerged after Bo basically shut down discussion about what happened in that Pelosi residence on uh, Friday morning at about, uh, well, about 2.30 is when uh, the police were made aware of it. The actual 911 call, the dispatcher, not not a MAGA person talking about it, not someone from MSNBC, the dispatcher. Harvey stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. 
advised that he is David and he is a friend. This is Mr. Pelosi conveying this information. Now, you would ask, who made the call? Right? Who made the call? Hmm. Let's, uh, let's go here, if we can, to that same cut again. I want to hear that 911 call. Harvey stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Ah. And then uh, we find out, great job, Greg Kelly was giving us a ton of information. But then you see Greg was so close to the Ubermagger, so close to Trump between his radio program. He was great, one to three on Friday, and then on his Newsmax program at night. But then he started tweeting. And let me tell you something. You need to put Chinese finger cuffs uh, on everybody when they start tweeting. I said that about previously uh, candidate Trump and President Trump. And I would say that to my colleague, Greg Kelly, because he started tweeting out prolifically. And this is what happens. People get addicted to this stuff, the social networking. After doing two great programs, he tweeted out just wondering if Nancy Pelosi tried to stage her own mini January 6th, complete with leaving the doors and windows open for insurrectionists and this DePepe fellow. And then he started going off on Twitter, and it's sort of like, whoa! You went over the edge, Greg, and Greg wisely took everything down. Took everything, boom, you're looking out, gone. It's as if he took a uh, pail of gasoline in a match and burnt down his Twitter account. And rightfully so. He went too far over the edge because it was no longer professional, it was personal. And everybody knows that Greg Kelly is a MAGA guy. He's a Trumper. He's not independent and autonomous, so he's very easy to jump on. Going to take a break here. You better get in our weekend producer because I'm missing the key cut here. Kevin Josh. I mean, this is the kicker cut. I don't know if this was eliminated purposely, but I must tell you, we need this cut in order to make our case of remaining independent and autonomous here on the Curtis Lever Show. I can't speak, you know, for Bo Snurdy. I can't speak for Greg Kelly. I can't even speak for who follows us. I just know back-to-back, belly-to-belly, I'm going to be all over this because nothing that's been said so far jibes, and everybody has an agenda, and everybody wants to blame each side. The Republicans are saying, oh, you see, this is symptomatic of all the crime in America. This may have nothing to do with crime. And then naturally, the Democrats, including the president of the United States, who was screaming about this yesterday, where, again, in Philadelphia, outside of Freedom Hall, like he did the first time on that Thursday night, screaming at the top of his lungs that this is all about January 6th. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome is of another day. I've been terribly alone and forgotten in Manhattan. 
I'm going home to my city by the bay. I left my heart in San Francisco. And we will continue to dive deep into the East Bay area. Berkeley on one side of the Golden Gate Bridge. San Francisco on the other side. I know it better than anybody here at WABC. But I don't know everything. And I want to uh, compliment the fact that as we have crawled into the belly of the beast and there are individuals who would like us to just shut up, not talk about this subject at all, not allow all of you to express your First Amendment right of free speech, which is what America is all about. At about 3 o'clock in the morning, our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who actually listens to the programs that he owns and operates here at WABC, texted me that there clearly was a third person in that residence. There was unequivocal evidence that it had emerged uh, about 12 midnight San Francisco time, 3 o'clock in the morning, our time, just a few hours ago, that there was a third person. And, in fact, Chuck Todd on NBC this morning uh, made reference to that for the very first time officially. So here's another facet that we have not have made clear to us is how come we were never told that there was a third person? So uh, enough of Tony Bennett here, Broadway Bill Lee. We got the mood. Let's get right into the heart and soul of what Chuck Todd was talking about this morning, about a third person who was in the residence when the police were summoned. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed on the East Coast. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer between uh, DePepe and Pelosi. And then DePepe, according to police, uh, struck Pelosi in the head. I want to hear that again. Because we were never told that. And by the way, he made reference to a press conference that was held at the time I was broadcasting, which was the Saturday morning show, 12 midnight to 6. So approximately, he's suggesting it probably was at about 1 o'clock our time, 10 o'clock San Francisco time. And we can find no trace, no hide nor hair of any press conference that was done on Friday night, it would have been a second press conference by the San Francisco Police Department about what happened to Mr. Pelosi in his home. I want you to hear again what Chuck Todd introduced this morning. And in fact, there was a third person in that house. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed on the East Coast. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer between uh, DePepe and Pelosi. And then DePepe, according to police, uh, struck Pelosi in the head. Could that person have been... 
Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to ask the question that nobody else wants to ask because they're afraid they're going to hit the third rail and maybe lose their job and maybe get shut down on their social networking. I don't really care. You can't take that on me because I haven't taken sides. Uh, They can't call me a Trumper, a MAGA person, and yet I know radicals, anarchists, communist socialists, hippies, extremists better than anybody else here on WABC. I was raised on rules for radicals. That's right, I was raised on rules for radicals. Let's quantify that. It was a third person there. How come in 72 hours there hasn't been a leak about who that third person was. A story that would have produced multiple leaks, like CNN got a leak before any additional press conference, that this guy, DePepe, when he was caught inside the residence, had ties, had plastic ties that you would use as handcuffs. Why does CNN have that information and nobody else? Who leaked that to them? Is, in fact, that real? And why wouldn't the police police department have another press conference? I mean, let's face it. When there was the uh, shooting at Uvalde in the school in Texas, how many times would somebody's cell phone, I mean, just rock updates like uh, 42 hits, 40, oh, press conference, press conference, nothing in 72 hours. Very suspicious. But there's more. Because this guy had a relationship with the hippie princess, originally from Moscow in Russia, who came over, settled in Berkeley. She was the queen bee of a nudist colony that called itself the Castro nudist, having nothing to do with Fidel Castro or Raul Castro behind the sugarcane curtain of Cuba. It's Castro. It's the section of San Francisco that is predominantly gay and lesbian years ago and still is. And that's the first area that I patrolled with the Guardian Angels in 82 because of gay bashings when Dianne Feinstein, who now has dementia, the U.S. senator, was mayor and basically wanted to run me out of town. Had an opportunity to get arrested and sent to San Francisco County Jail, but she didn't do it. I could have told you what the jail was like. But anyway, I digress. So the point is that the ABC affiliate in the San Francisco Bay Area, very good station, actually had a jailhouse interview over the phone with the Pepe's wife, who is the queen bee, the head of the nudist colony, and listened to what she has to say, both in terms of the reporter and herself. Uh, hello, this is Gypsy Taub. I am uh, the ex-wife partner of uh, David DePap uh, and the mother of his children. A call from Exxon Taub, better known as Gypsy, a nudist activist. Then she goes on, the wife of DePape, who is now in jail, by the way. She is in jail. She has been charged and found guilty of 20 charges, including kidnapping, attempted kidnap of a 14-year-old boy outside of Berkeley High School. I mean, we're talking a real wingding here. But she wanted to offer information about her husband. As far as we know, she is married to three separate men. I don't know if she believes in polygamy, but according to the records that have been in the newspaper, 
she has been married three separate times without ever divorcing the spouse from before. And it gets even freakier. But listen to her in her jailhouse interview. Taub now revealing a longtime relationship with David DePoppy, the man accused of viciously attacking Speaker Pelosi's husband inside their San Francisco home. He is mentally ill. He's been mentally ill for a long time. So she says he's mentally ill. He's been mentally ill for a long time. And then she goes on to extrapolate about his mental illness and whether he has any political leanings. Together, they raised their two sons and her daughter until about seven years ago, describing a time DePoppy returned home after disappearing for a year. He came back in a really bad shape. He thought he was Jesus. He was constantly paranoid, thinking that people are after him. Did he have any sort of aggression towards politicians? Were his political beliefs extreme, in your opinion? When I met him, he didn't really have... uh, he was only 20 years old. He didn't have any experience in politics. He was very much in alignment with my beliefs. Uh, we, I have, I've always been very progressive, and actually, I absolutely admire Nancy Pelosi. She is a liberal progressive, no doubt. When you go to the house of the nudists, they have Black Lives Matter posters. They have gay liberation flags. They have very liberal progressive slogans that adorn. The house. The Pepe lives right outside in a broken down school bus. But he goes in and out of the house. Like I said, it's a freaky deaky relationship. She tends to marry guys who are about 10 to 20 years younger than her. She's had three marriages. Apparently, they all live in that hippie nudist commune. And there are no MAGA people. Trust me, you you go to Berkeley, there are no MAGA people. This is sort of like the Jesse Smollett case when he said that, you know, two guys with MAGA hats came up to him in the North Shore of Chicago after he had gone to Subway to get a sandwich, and, you know, they had a noose and they put it around his head, and people were saying, the hell, there's nobody with MAGA hats standing in the North Shore of Chicago. That's crazy. This would even be crazier. You got to trust me on this, ladies and gentlemen. I've been in Berkeley over and over again. I was there when the burned-out hippies up Telegraph Hill. They've been there longer than all those homeless have been in the Mission and in the uh, lower Tenderloin and Tenderloin that you now see now in the news. I mean, on the East Bay, up Telegraph Telegraph Hill, you you have the University of Cal Berkeley, the most liberal, radical college in America. And burned out hippies all along. And they frequent what they call People's Park in Berkeley. I'll never forget we were called in from San Francisco because the burned out hippies and the potheads were burning down a volleyball net that had been put up by the illegal aliens from Ecuador and Bolivia. I kid you not. I don't know why these guys who are like four foot eight play volleyball. It takes three of them standing on one another's shoulders to actually spike. They love volleyball. So they put up. A volleyball net, and the hippies and the burnouts, they burnt it down, and they threw the illegal aliens out. And the governor at that time had to send in chips, you know, Eric Estrada, the California Highway Patrol, and they had to come in with tear gas. This is a crazy land. There are no MAGA people. There are no QAnon people in Berkeley at all. And yet, 
why do they continue to say that this guy was a part of them? Now, did he dabble with them? Did he go online? Did he experiment with them? You could do that online anywhere in the world. And obviously, curiosity has gotten many people involved in situations that later on they said, no, 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 I was just on the peripheral. No, 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 I was just, I was doing research, right? Isn't that what they all say? So everybody had a rush to judgment, depending on your politics. So if you're a Democrat, this is part of January 6th and a continuation of going at Nancy Pelosi and her family. If you're on the Republican side, I heard it all morning, oh, this is part of the increase in crime across America. I say... It has nothing to do with either one of these. And we're going to venture forward because we're the only ones who will dance on the third rail on this issue because we don't have stakes with either side. And we're going to go to you, not the so-called experts. We're going to go to you next as we have all weekend long. In fact, just a side note, we had more listeners listening to us over the weekend than any other over the other side of midnight program in the history, the 100-year history of WABC, since our founding in New Jersey as WJZ. Because this was the only place you could come and you could hear both sides and make a determination for yourself. Although, along the way, there were people trying to nudge their way in and shut us down. You're going to hear from them. But most importantly, we're going to hear from all of you. 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Never forget the first time I ventured up Telegraph Hill in Berkeley. Right before you reach the gates, yeah, they have gates there, University Cal Berkeley, right? You think, what do you have gates for there, right? If you want to let people in and out, <laughs> hypocrites. It was a record store, vinyl, you know, old white albums and stuff. They had these old speakers hanging outside. I don't know if it's still there, but they were playing this song. That's right, Grace Slick, White Rabbit, Jefferson Airplane, because, I mean, she was the goddess out there. She, uh, man, the world started with Grace Slick and Jefferson Airplane and ended with a little Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead in between. Yeah, we're going to get to all of that. All two hours devoted to this subject. We're going to go places and nobody else goes because they're afraid of losing their job, let's be honest. They're afraid of getting shut out, marginalized. Having their social networking shut down. And I understand why they might be a little intimidated, but nobody intimidates me, as you know. Because I'm going to source all this stuff up. I'm not going to just jump to one extreme or another extreme. I'm going to listen. And then what all of you should be independent, free agents, come to your own conclusion. But I'm just going to say, 72 hours later, we have yet to have an update. We have yet to see Nancy Pelosi. We now know there was a third person who was in that house. It hasn't been revealed or leaked out. The only thing leaked out, apparently, by CNN to CNN, unnamed source, might be true. We'll see how it plays out, is that he had uh, wrist ties, plastic wrist ties that you use as a replacement for handcuffs. That might be true. We'll find out Monday if he's living... Uh, in the San Francisco County Jail and is able to make his appearance without an Epstein happening to him. <laughs> Man, come on. 
<laughs> Look at Rikers Island, right? There's 17 suicides already this year. Some of them under questionable circumstances. So let's go to the phones. It's Betsy in Ringwood, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Betsy. Hi. Um, maybe you can find Jefferson Airplane song Triad. That might be appropriate. Um, the thing about the phone call is maybe two people said two different things. One is I know you, and the other is one saying I don't know you. Or it could be one person referring to two people, I know you, I don't know you. But the other thing I wanted to say is all these references to hippies, hippies are nonviolent. It's not a hippie commune if somebody's being violent. Um, so I want to make that clear to all the audience who might not understand the history of hippies. Hippies are not violent. Well, I'm a hippie. I'm well, still a hippie. there's no doubt uh, that you are correct. Ninety-eight percent of the hippies were not violent. Peace, love, and happiness. Hate Ashbury. But then so you he, had. He's not a hippie. Excuse me. So he's not a hippie. Well, hold on a second. For years, Charlie Manson and his uh, cult hung out with the most liberal progressive people in Hollywood. There was Neil Young who was driving him around. He was with the Beach Boys. He was, he, everybody wanted to be with Charlie Manson, and that was considered like a hippie cult. We now know what it was. He wanted to start a race war between whites and blacks. So in any group, there's always a group that is way out there that is not necessarily adheres to the principles of that group. But why do you insist it's not a hippie commune. I mean, they live communally. They're nudists. Uh, they follow this woman who is now in jail, and they continue to be loyal to her. Right. They're communal. They're not hippie communal. That's the only point I want to make. Okay. Thank I, you. I, I will accept that correction, Betsy. You are a hippie. I was not. I was on the fringe of observing hippies. But since you were one, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay, Betsy? Thank you. Of course. Thank you. So that's what we do here. That's why we go to the callers. Do you think any guests would be able to describe what Betsy described on what an actual hippie is? And she, as she said, I'm still a hippie. I believe her. Although, yeah, there are some fringes. I mean, there was a guy who went to Guyana. His name was Jones. Remember, he was embraced by all the liberals and progressives, the Aliotas in San Francisco, former mayor. Very liberal, progressive uh, elected officials embraced Jones before he really wigged out, went to Guyana, and then passed the Kool-Aid out. You remember that, right? Now, look, I'm just throwing it out there for consumption. Anyway, let's go to Dave, who's calling from Cali. Cali, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Dave. Curtis, um, I read an article that came out. I sent it to your email it's an open secret that Paul Pelosi's gay, and when he got pulled over for DWI a few weeks ago or whenever that was, that there was a young man in the car with him. So now let's cut to uh, the break-in. First of all, how does a guy get through the gates? Okay, I'm here to say that it was an invited guest of um, to have some gay after-hours fun that went awry. Um uh, it's, it's amazing how much sources CNN has that the police didn't even have. So we got to beware of anything CNN says. But, um, you know, I think this is going to expose the fact that Paul was gay and that this was an invited guest. How did he know his name was David? Okay, on the, on the 911 dispatch. Well, well in fact, uh, let's listen to that, Dave. We're going to continue on this discussion with you. But let's listen to the dispatcher 
uh, relate the call that was received to 911 about what is being described as a home invasion of the Pelosi residence in Pacific Heights, but then again might not be a home invasion because maybe this guy was let in? Harvey stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Hmm. Now, could this be confusion of an 82-year-old guy who might be on the verge of Joe Biden dementia? Well, except his name was David. So what does he do? Break for, he, he goes through gates, okay, at 2.30 in the morning, busts in, Hi, my name's David, and I'm here to hit you over the head with a hammer. I believe at some point uh, he became, the guest became uninvited. Remember, it's 2.30 in the morning. People are probably drunk. And I believe that he, I believe that he walked right in there with Paul together after being at a bar's close at 2 o'clock. Okay, and then uh, there's 2.30 in the morning, just enough time to be back there. I believe there was a third person. The first thing I thought well, if the two are struggling, so, so the guy gets uninvited and Pelosi pulls out a hammer. Okay, because he's probably drunk. And then David struggles with the hammer. So who let the police in? They're struggling with the hammer. The police walk in and see the struggle. Well, somebody had to let them in. Then you heard about the broken glass window, but the glass it was broken from the inside out. So it's probably like, oh, well, we need to make it look like a home invasion. But they were too dumb to realize it would look bad. You know, everybody's panicked like O.J. making all kinds of mistakes. Now, Dave, so, Dave, you realize why this is the way it is. If we go back to that original drunken driving bust in the Napa Valley, for the first time in my memory, we never saw mugshots. I mean, normally, immediate, instantaneously, mugshots go out. You could be a nobody. You could be a somebody. In this case, he's a somebody. He's the husband of the Speaker of the House. He's also a man of tremendous wealth, having profited from insider trader information provided to him by the Speaker, his wife, $150 million. And we didn't see any mugshots until after the court hearing, until after it was adjudicated. And you say, how come? So everything you're saying here, Dave, is plausible because we haven't heard anything in 72 hours to dispute what anybody says. And that obviously allows for things to percolate. Was he gay? I have no idea. Was he at a gay bar? I have no idea. I do know that police officers have body cams, and we do know, based on the police commissioner, that three police officers of the San Francisco Police Department responded, two patrol people and a sergeant. You can't tell me that all three of their body cams weren't working. Why haven't we seen any video of this? We know that there is video on the inside of the Pelosi compound. There are cameras, and we know that they're on the outside, and we know they're in the streets. This is a wealthy heavily secured area with more private security per square inch than anywhere else in San Francisco. And that includes along the mission where you have the major headquarters of Twitter, of Google, of uh, the Silicon Valley uh, Fortune 500 companies. So none of this makes it. You mean to tell me in 72 hours there's been no leaked video? In 72 hours, the only thing uh, that has been leaked to CNN is that he had wrist ties, plastic wrist ties. Again, very conceivable that he did. But nothing else is being leaked. And by the way, no Nancy Pelosi. 
third person is in the house. That's been established. Who's that third person? Uh, where was Nancy Pelosi? They say she was in Washington. Do we have any documentary evidence that, in fact, she was? How do we know that she wasn't in the house? And again, I can only implore all of you to go back to the age of Camelot, to Kennedy's, whenever they had to uh, wash up a situation, clean it up. They did exactly the same thing. You wouldn't know what was going on for 72 hours. Deny that it's going on, ignore it, delay, because you're hoping the news cycle will go on to something else. But, oh, boy, when we come back, President of the United States returned to Philadelphia, and, boy, did he exploit it. Oh, man, did he exploit it, throwing gasoline on the fire, even though he had absolutely no evidence of what he was saying at all. As we plunge forward, that's right, all two hours, we're going to be dancing on the third rail because we fear not. You know, uh, it's reports that the same chant was used by this guy they have in custody that was used on January 6th in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. I'm not making this up. This is reported. I can't guarantee it. I can tell you what's being reported. The chant was, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? You can continue on with that. Continue on with that if you can. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. I want our audience to hear how out of control the president of the United States was again in Philadelphia in talking about this early on Saturday. Like he had been, remember that Thursday night outside of Freedom Hall when he cast dispersions against... Anybody wearing a MAGA hat, anybody supporting Trump, it's like he launched a war against Trumpers and MAGA folks. Uh, but you need to hear the complete statement of the president of the United States to understand that there is absolutely no facts, nothing that substantiates his tirade, which suggests this is all for the political benefit of the Democrats going into the midterm elections. He was attacked in her home, and uh, when I spoke to the speaker, she said that uh, he's doing okay. He went to the hospital, was operated on, and uh, he seems to be coming along well. Uh, he's in good spirits, and the whole family's there. While this invasion is ongoing, the, uh, the news reports indicate it was intended to be an attack on, Na- on the House, Nancy Pelosi lives in, the third-ranking person in the United States in line to be president. You know, uh, it's reported that the same chant was used by this guy they have in custody that was used on January 6th in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. I'm not making this up. This is reported. I can't guarantee it. I can tell you what's being reported. The chant was, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? This is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol. And what makes us think that one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, there's all a bunch of lies, and not affect 
people who may not be so well balanced. What makes us think that it's not going to corrode the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Every person of good conscience needs to clearly and unambiguously stand up against the violence in our policy. What your politics are. All of us. All of us together as Americans, knowing Paul and Nancy and the families I do, they're tough as they come. We're praying for him. We're optimistic for his full recovery. That was his full statement, once again in Philadelphia. Somehow associating this guy, DePepe, with Trumpers, with MAGA, just as he had cast dispersions against Trumpers and MAGA back when he made that speech with the Marines behind him, bathed in red on a, I believe it was a Thursday night outside of Freedom Hall in Philadelphia. Yet he goes to Philadelphia twice, never talks about all the crime there. <laughs> never talks about all the crime there. Let's go back to the phones here. Let's uh, let's go to Tony and Clifton. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tone. Hey, Curtis. I'm so glad you just played our president because in a nation that's ridden with crime, instead of coming to the people as a leader and saying this, this is a travesty we're investigating, we're trying to find out information, he's doing his political platform. So that first puts me, you know, my guard up. My, I'm just, I'm not believing anything he's saying. Yeah. Number two, I was, you know, like you, I think we're about the same age. We believed everything about Kennedy, how he got killed. And then we find out years later that they took the body out of the state of Dallas, which is against police law, because they didn't want an investigation. So that's my second thought. And my third thought is anyone who is into your basic one-on-one crime would say what happened, who did it, what's going on. And from the minute they announced it, I was listening to Greg Kelly's show. They said, we hear that someone broke in. Um, we we know it was initially a wellness check. Um, then more police were dispatched, and just nothing got communicated to us. So we're in a country that everyone's been getting robbed. In my neighborhood, they're all buying ring cameras and getting ADT set up. So we want to know what happened at the Pelosi house. Why was that house broken into? Like the Capitol broken into. Something was amiss. Something, some alarm wasn't on. Where were the guard doors at, in that kind of a place? So there was just so many things that didn't make sense. Right, and, and, and Tony, uh, you, you lay out uh, the arguments that so many of our callers have been making over the last 12 hours when we've danced on the third row here. You see, in the case of uh, our our colleague, Greg Kelly, did a magnificent job on the radio, great job on Newsmax, laying out uh, all the inconsistencies. But then he goes on his Twitter account, and he, he just goes off half-cocked, and he went too far. And then he had to pull it all down. You see, the job now requires that who is ever here in the seat, listen to the people, collect all the facts, put pressure on the officials to give us updates. We have not had one update in 72 hours. We've not seen one video. 
We've not heard from anybody about this third person other than we know a third person was in there. And most importantly, Tony, where is Speaker Pelosi? Yeah. I mean, think about it. We we were told she's in Washington. Okay, that's very plausible. You would think they would have video of her getting onto uh, either a government plane or a private Learjet and flying back to the Bay Area and then getting out. Uh, Nothing. We don't know where she is. And, you know, they could end up saying, well, you know, she's in hiding. This is a continuing uh, attack against our government and our institution. Because they stand to benefit by tying this to January 6th. The Republicans stand to benefit by saying, oh, yeah, this is all about the out-of-control crime. It can happen in any neighborhood, including Pacific Heights, with all the private security and all the technology in the world. And you know something? It may be none of that, and nobody wants to go there. But that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Let's follow who this guy was, the Pepe, who he hung out with. Yeah, let's look at all of his posts, crazy as they may be. And then let's try to put together a composite. But if we're going to wait for law enforcement, we're going to wait for them to basically put a narrative together that satisfies their needs then we're going to miss things that are slipping through the cracks as we see. Let's go to Will, who's calling from Farmingdale. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Will. Curtis, I agree with you. I think that this is not political. I, uh, that he was looking for Pelosi stock tips. That's what I think. I think he wanted to know the next <laughs> Tesla move, the next <laughs> Alphabet move. You know, this is such an obvious ploy, such an obvious hoax. And, you know, when I listen to the president, and I'm sorry, I don't like, you know, calling presidents' names. I didn't do it to George Bush, and the man had an IQ of about 75. When I listen to this man go up there and use this, he first thing he says is, you know, these things, I can just tell you what's reported. It's not that it's a fact. And then he goes off on this tirade, right? I think that this is a dangerous imbecile. I well, really well, well, look, look, Will, do- Will, it goes two ways. I can remember the morning of the Indiana primary, 2016, it's neck and neck between Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. Donald Trump gets on all the radio interviews and says, hey, Ted Cruz's father, the holy roller, the pastor, he assisted. That's right, Lee Harvey Oswald in assassinating JFK. I didn't say that. You know, it was in the National Enquirer. Come on. Misinformation is a two-way street. You say things to benefit your point, your movement, your political strain of ideology. It's done by both. And in this case, I've seen Republicans say, well, it's just indicative of all the crime. No, it's not. And actually, the Democrats, they want this to be January 6th because they've been sucking wind now that the number one issue in America is inflation. The number two issue for the voters is crime. And they're on the outside looking in on both. So they want to change the whole discussion before November 8th. Don't trust any of them. Ladies and gentlemen, be independent. You're free agents. Absorb all the information. Come to your own conclusions. Don't listen to Democrats. Don't listen to Republicans. The only thing they're focused on is November 8th. And they're trying to make sure this doesn't hurt them or, in essence, help the other side. They're not interested in the facts. I'm interested in the facts. You're interested in the facts. And most importantly, you got to understand 
all the particulars here, who this screwball is, the Papa, the Pepe. He's a photographer in a nudist colony. They would go to City Hall. It's a beautiful City Hall if you've ever been in San Francisco. Downtown Willie Brown, the mayor there who wears more expensive suits when he was mayor there than even the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, would officiate nudist weddings. Nudist weddings at City Hall. And the Pappy's wife was there. She was the queen of all the nudists. And he was just taking photographs, taking photographs. Does that indicate a political leaning one way or the other? You know, there have been nudists uh, who probably, if they could, would wear a MAGA hat. And there are nudists who probably would wave the flag of the Democratic Socialists of America, AOC. But I never knew that being a nudist is a political statement. So let's just hold your horses. Let's dance on this third rail and let's see where it takes us. We'll take it to the 5 o'clock hour, and then so nice, I'm going to come back and do it all over again from 9 to 11 with updates that nobody else is providing to you exclusively here on the Curtis Lewis Show, WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. go after that oldie moldy news update frankie diaz please don't insult us don't insult us ah, we got to do something about this uh i gotta i gotta throw the gauntlet down here we are the number one news talk station in the nation we're on the cutting edge we got uh, news from like three days ago four days ago hey why don't you have yourself a grilled cheese sandwich frankie diaz and put on your grateful dead throwback uh, shirt your tie-dyed shirt, huh? Because that's where a lot of people would end up going. In fact, remember, Tipper and Al Gore claimed that they were deadheads. So many people claim they're deadheads, especially when they hear this song, Shakedown Street, which is like an anthem in the Bay Area. Whether you're in the Haight-Ashbury section on the San Francisco side, Golden Gate Park, where every day is summer solstice and you're running around with no clothes on, yes. That's what happens in Golden Gate Park and the shadow of the Golden Gate Bridge. And then you take the Golden Gate Bridge over to the East Bay or you take BART, which is a great subway system, to Berkeley. And you get out there and it's sort of like, wow, man, there are no rules. There are no regulations in Berkeley. You can't evict anybody because you can't evict. You might as well not be a landlord there. It is the most extremely radical city in the nation, and it's proud of that fact. And in all the years that I went in and out of Berkeley and San Leandro, San Leandro nearby, and Richmond, which is a tough place with a lot of crime, you I never saw a conservative. I never saw anybody identifying themselves as a Republican in Berkeley. That's sort of like... Uh, what, what, what could be the equivalent here? Oh, that would be like the equivalent of all of a sudden being a Democratic Socialist of America up in uh, Redding, California. Just wouldn't happen. There's guns, guns, and more guns there. But anyway, let's get back on track. This is the song that the Grateful Dead would play, Shakedown Street. And it would be a call to all deadheads. Yeah, come here. The vendors are out. You know, they're selling their patchouli oil. They're 
grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Tie-dyed outfits. Oh, and nitrous. You know, big tanks of nitrous filling up those balloons. $5 a hit. You know, and all of a sudden you get high, whether it's the industrial grade, the medical grade, or, you know, like what you get when you buy uh, whipped cream, you know, with the aerosol. You shoot out all the whipped cream and then <laughs> low budget. That's what being a deadhead is. And people travel all over the world with the remaining members of the dead or it could be fish, the pretenders from Vermont. That's all part of that subculture. And when you go to Berkeley, it's all there for you. All there for you. So keep that in consideration as we move forward. Now, I want to also uh, indicate to you, as we open up our fine phone lines, because it's time for you to be heard, we are dancing on the third rail we are allowing for free speech to prevail on this subject. Others have uh, sort of walked up to the third rail and walked away, and others have decided that they've gone too far and they've had to retrench. What we've done is we let you, the people, be heard. We're not talking to experts. We're not talking to guests. We want you to express yourself because clearly in San Francisco, the police department is sitting on information. The DA's office is sitting on information. The FBI is involved, right? The uh, congressional uh, police are involved. Everybody, all these law enforcement agencies are involved. And other than CNN reporting that through a source, this guy, De Pepe, had uh, plastic uh, wrist ties. We haven't heard anything else. Don't you find that a bit odd? Normally nowadays at any crime scene of significance, sometimes there are three or four press conferences a day. There was update after update because the elected officials and the uh, law enforcement and prosecuting officials get FaceTime, which is what they, they live for. They're addicted to that. And this would be an international press call. And again, I ask, where is the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi? She was not injured. We were told she was in Washington, D.C., very plausible. I would assume she's returned to San Francisco. We saw their son outside of Zuckerberg Hospital, which is in downtown San Francisco, where uh, Mr. Pelosi is uh, recovering from his surgery. He had serious surgery, skull fracture, and also uh, potentially a broken arm from being hit with the hammer. But we've not seen any video from the body cams. We've not seen any video from any of the posted cameras on the Pelosi compound, outside the Pelosi compound, in the streets leading up on Pacific Heights, which is the most private. They have the most private security protection of any area in all of San Francisco. I mean, 72 hours later, what do we know about this other than what we were told at that first press conference, which lasted all of two minutes? I don't know of anything that I've ever experienced, even in third world countries where I have guardian angels, where the police come out and they have a press conference, two minutes, no questions, gone. You don't hear from them ever since. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But in the desire to promote free speech, uh, we had some callers over the weekend. Uh, Broadway Bill Lee, you've been with me uh, every step of the way. In fact, we set an all-time record for people listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, more people listened in our last two mornings from 12 in the morning to 6 and at any time in the 100-year history of WABC that we just celebrated. Because people have a thirst for information and they're being locked out of it everywhere you look. 
or it's biased information that serves one point or another. So we were having a great conversation Saturday morning, and then all of a sudden this guy Carl calls up from New Jersey, and he just wants to shut us down. Let's go to Carl in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Carl. Yeah, Curtis, I got a bone to pick with you. I've been listening to you for a long time, so please, did you verify any information that you're putting out, these conspiracy theories about this guy? It's like you're circling the wagon for him. Somebody got cracked in the head with a hammer. You, the law and order guy. This is, I don't understand what you guys are doing. Hold on a second. I, I, I'm telling you things about this guy who attacked Did Mr. Pelosi. It? Did you verify any of it? Well, I'm just saying it's not what we think it is. One group says, oh, it's part of January 6th. Uh, the Republicans are saying, oh, it's all about crime. I'm saying this guy's a crackpot, a screwball. Look at his life. And uh, he had nothing more to say other than he wanted a Curtis Lee or booby prize at the end of that, right? Try to scam us out of a WABC hat. But we sent it to him because he uh, put me on the ropes, but he didn't knock me out. Then almost at the same time, 24 hours later, it's almost like a tag team. So he had called from New Jersey, and then all of a sudden David called in and tried to interrupt our flow Sunday morning at approximately the same time, 24 hours later. Excuse me, uh, this is America. We have free speech. Uh, uh, Aren't I I allowed to give an opinion with such a lack of information? I mean, aren't you at least concerned that in 48 hours we've had one press conference that lasted two minutes and we've not been shown any video, any photographs, nothing since. First of all, you don't have a, a necessarily, there's no right for you to see any of that, okay? If the police choose to release that, that's wonderful. But you are questioning that the, or some of your callers are questioning that this attack even happened. They're claiming it was a drug deal gone wrong. A drug deal with an 82-year-old man? Give me a break. What's wrong with the people that listen to this station? You can't accept that something like this actually happened, that there are people out there, and this guy sounds like he's probably some kind of a nutcase, but nutcases have political opinions also. Hmm. He can't conceive of an 82-year-old seeking drugs. Well, a lot of senior citizens in Florida go doctor shopping in order to get lots of drugs. I mean, clearly it was all an attempt. To get us derailed, like all of a sudden we shouldn't be talking about this. Why not? With a dearth of information, we don't have a right to offer our opinions, even though ultimately we might be proven wrong. Maybe over the course of the next few days, information surfaces that can be proven uh, that we say, well, we were wrong. No harm done. But you heard what he said. We don't have a right to see what was on the video cams, the body cams, the other cops. We don't have the right to see. In fact, think of it nowadays when you're told about crimes in the 5 o'clock or the 6 o'clock news. If it's not accompanied by video, you're disappointed, right? It's almost like when video is there, it really brings it to light. Perfect example, we broke the story here at WABC a month ago of the woman at the Howard Beach station who would come in from Far Rockaway on the A-train, mother of five, married, who was a security officer, and JFK would switch there to take the buses to uh, JFK. 
That video was embargoed by the MTA, money-taking agency, and a worker of theirs got it to me. I unveiled it to our WABC listeners first, and then it went viral everywhere. They didn't want you to see that. The moment you saw that video, oh, my God, it was a thousand times worse than if you had just read about it. They don't want us to see the video. Well, they would have produced it already. What is it going to require? A Freedom of Information Act? Uh, some uh, uh, some journalist has to go and file for a right to see what should be public information? Remember, this is the same Pelosi family when the 82-year-old patriarch gets into a fender bender because he's drunk in the Napa Valley. We weren't even permitted to see the mugshot. Tell me the last time you didn't see mugshots of people arrested. I, my mugshots certainly have been viral every time I got busted 77 times. Something not right here, and they don't want us to pursue it. Let's go to Sarah in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sarah. Hi. Uh, I'm sitting here and, like, fuming. I just listened to that old dumb bum speaking with vigilance and violence and disgusting about what's happening. And, of course, he's blaming it on the MAGA people uh, because he's uh, pertaining it to uh, January 6th. But even mentioning that is nauseating because everything about him is. Um, He doesn't get – nothing happens in the Democratic Party. They're all angels, wonderful people. His son, all the Kennedys, nothing that they do is ever covered up. Are you kidding me? This is – that house must be more probably secure than the White House. There is nobody that's going to get in there. Nobody is going to convince me that this guy got in there, this numbskull, dumbbell, whatever he is, he got in there. Uh, but in that house, which is, I think, more secure than the White House, because Nancy Pelosi is the most self-serving, most despicable degrading person that has ever been in politics and been there for so many years. So, no, this is somebody that's connected to him in some way, and we can all be theories and all the other theories that they want, but the but the Kennedys and all the Clintons and all the Bidens and all the crimes all seem to happen from these people, and nobody ever seems to take care of it. No, no, no. Uh, Sarah, you have just mentioned a litany of different families that have done everything. Right, they've done everything to. Well, for instance, you mentioned clearly, if this guy in fact did a home invasion to Pepe, how did he gain access? A previous caller said the glass was broken on the outside of the patio, not the inside. If you break glass, it falls to the inside from the outside. Likewise, if you break glass from the inside, it falls to the outside. So it appears that the glass was broken from the inside. We now know that there was a third person inside who might well have been the person that actually contacted the police initially because they said it was some kind of wellness check, which is not a normal 911 call at 2.30 in the morning. Wellness might mean you are summoning an ambulance, maybe heart palpitations, uh, you're choking on food, uh, you fell out of bed, you're 82 years old, you know, you, 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 you hit your alert button, I'm falling, I can't get up. That's a wellness check. This was not that. Why aren't we seeing the video of the cops who confronted the guy? Was it one hammer, two hammers? 
Was he in the BVDs, the Fruit of the Looms? Was he fully dressed? All these questions that journalists would have asked if the um, police chief had waited around, but he scurried off with everyone else, and they haven't had a press conference since. They claim. Let me hear that uh, Chuck Todd uh, again as he describes the third person. He, they claim that there was some kind of press conference held late on Friday night in San Francisco that we weren't privy to because most of you were asleep. They don't realize listening to me Saturday morning, you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We would have taken that press conference live. You didn't get any feed, did you, Broadway Billy, right? You, 40 years you've been doing this. There was no notation, and we would have taken the feed right away if there, in fact, had been a press conference on Friday night, a second one that day by the police department. I don't think that ever took place. Listen to what Chuck Todd and his reporter from NBC were discussing earlier today. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed on the East Coast. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer between uh, DePepe and Pelosi. And then DePepe, according to police, uh, struck Pelosi in the head. Now, again, we have searched high and low. For a press conference. There's nothing that we've been able to determine. Was there a press conference? Maybe they held a press conference and nobody showed up. <laughs> right? You know, hey, I've been in that situation where I sent out a press advisory, nobody showed up. But this wasn't the attack on the Pelosi compound. You know, it was something of very little importance, and the media had more important things to do, which they did. You mean to tell me the police chief had a late Friday night press conference? Let's assume it was 10 o'clock at night, West Coast time, which would be 1 o'clock. Our time in the morning, Saturday, we were on. We would have put that press conference on live. That would have been more important than anything I could say or anything our listeners could say. It was nothing. So where did, it, where did Chuck Todd get this? And, in fact, before Chuck Todd announced it in the morning, I... I got to be perfectly honest with you. I was unaware of that. Three o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, because uh, we were covering this round the clock. That's why our numbers were the highest uh, ever in terms of listeners to the other side of midnight in the history of WABC. Both mornings, back to back, belly, because we were the only place you could go to get information that was fair, that had both sides represented. And it's so interesting that. Our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who stays up, he's up constantly, morning, noon, and night, takes little cat naps in between, get a cat nap, cat. And he immediately texted me, and he said, they're now reporting that there was a third person in the house. That's 3 o'clock in the morning, and that was Sunday morning. And Chuck Todd has that a few hours later. Think of that. Did they leak this out at a time when people were sleeping? And why the, why the slow leaks? Normally, an investigation like this, there'd be leaks galore. A lot of questions here, not many answers. Not we, I'm looking at the schedule here, no press conferences uh, that have been called for, and nobody has yet seen Nancy Pelosi. I actually thought, because she likes to be considered the ultimate Catholic, her and Joe Biden uh, compete with that, 
is that she would have gone to mass uh, in San Francisco at the cathedral, would have come out and then would have conducted a press conference, you know, or maybe done it after mass, going to visit her husband in the Zuckerberg Hospital, which is not uh, not that far away from the cathedral. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Bay Area band, the Dead Kennedys. Tell you a little side story how I met them in the Castro section of San Francisco when I was organizing Guardian Angels in 82. And uh, the uh, mayor at the time, Diane Feinstein, was trying to run me out on a rail. But the ironic, because they are uh, a Bay Area band, they were the biggest counterculture band uh, in America at that time, unlike the Clash which did the uh, actual song to us, Red Angel uh, Dragnet. But their drummer just died yesterday at the age of 63, D.H. Uh, Peligro. When I met them, they, they, oh, they loved the Guardian Angels. We were counterculture. Remember, the clash that embraced us, the greatest counterculture punk uh, rock group ever in existence. So they were, like, asking me questions, and I was asking them, well, why are you beating up on Moonbeam Jerry Brown? That was their thing, you know. California, Uber Alice, you know, they were claiming that uh, Jerry Brown was a fascist. He wasn't. I knew him as governor. I knew him as mayor of Oakland. He was mayor of Oakland after being governor of California, and then he came back to be governor again. And it was just a great conversation. But that was their base, San Francisco. And then they broke up years later. But I thought it was ironic. Last night, their drummer died at the age of 63. Still got quite a following out there. Still huge following. Counterculture. And you go to Berkeley and you say, Dead Kennedys, live rock on! All right, enough of that. They'll scare our audience away. Gosh. Sheesh. Man, that's like ultimate punk rock, right? Headbangers. Anyway, let's go to Bernie, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Bernie. Hey, how you doing, Curtis? I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm walking the third rail here. I'm listening to everybody, and I'm trying to come to my own conclusion independently uh, as a free agent. All right. What my, what my conclusion is, if you look at the aerial... From the helicopter the day this incident happened you notice in the back of the yard that i believe that's the back of the house that the broken glass was in what he broke into and you'll notice outside there's like a six foot aluminum ladder and like a construction garbage bin that they have in like in san francisco or like black garbage bags were thrown in there so there must have been some kind of veneration going on inside the house where the hammers actually occurred. 
That's possible. Uh, that's a, that's an older house. It, it might have been uh, undergoing some kind of renovation. Okay, that well, see that well, that that makes sense. What you're saying is maybe the workmen, workwomen, left their tools behind, which generally they do. Exactly, especially in a house like that, you're not going to take your tools with you. But if you look at that aerial at the aerial footage, you'll definitely see right in the back. You'll see a metal six foot ladder laying on the side. And the garbage construction debris from the house inside some kind of, like, black container that they have down there. They're not like in Brooklyn where they have the metal containers. Right. It's like a plastic container they have down there. Yep, yep. But uh, what do you call it? And if they're saying it's a third person in the house, this guy must have been in the house after that one night of construction or renovations. And like I said earlier that, if you look at the video also, that the glass was outside, not inside the house. So you couldn't have break, he couldn't have broken in the house. He had to break out of the house. Right. In fact, we've, we've seen more of the yard area of the Pelosi compound than we ever saw when uh, O.J. severed the heads of his former wife and her boyfriend. Remember how almost it was very difficult to get any aerial footage, you know, all the helicopters were kept away. We we got really clear, defined video that you're describing, Bernie, and yet the police exactly. have, the police have made no reference to that whatsoever. Nothing, nothing. Well, I, I guess uh, what do you call it? They know something that they don't want to release uh, release to the public because uh, something uh, is not uh, something up. Something's up. Yeah, but you see, Bernie. Uh, when politics is involved, these are not independent and autonomous people. It's all political. The police commissioner is a political appointment. The new DA of San Francisco County, although not as radical as her predecessor, Boo Dean, who was tossed out because of recall, is still a left winger. Is still a Democrat. You don't have a two-party system in the Bay Area at all. You can't wear a mega hat in the Bay Area. <laughs> you get killed. It's sort of like, I've never seen that. Could it possibly be? I'm sure anything is possible, but you don't have people in the Bay Area walking around wearing MAGA hats, screaming re-elect Donald Trump, and being Q people. You just don't see that. Now, you do see radical left-wing groups all the time. All the time especially in Berkeley and San Francisco. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick calling all the way from Virginia. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Rick. Hi, Curtis. What an honor to speak to you, I must say. Um, I have a couple of observations, a couple of thoughts anyway. You know, uh, when things like this happen, like you mentioned uh, um, earlier, the Jesse Smollett thing, when you hear it, when it happens, sometimes you go, something about this doesn't smell right. It smells funny. This is rotten from the beginning. It just doesn't make sense. Now, the one thing I wanted to say was originally they said that um, that uh, when the news report came out, they just said that Nancy Pelosi was on the road somewhere, like she was in the Rolling Stones or something, you know. And uh, there was another person in the house, and Paul Pelosi said um, – 
he was going to wait for his wife to come home. So which is it? Like she's on the road, some mysterious place, or she was in San Francisco, or perhaps she was in the house. I'm I'm leaning, uh, Rick, because we haven't seen any video or photographic evidence of her whereabouts, that she might well be the third person who was in that house, and they're trying desperately to figure out how they're going to write this narrative when eventually it's introduced into court on Monday morning. Yes. The only thing is that you suggested, it was just a suggestion, you're not accusing anybody of anything, but that perhaps she was the one that clocked him. I doubt that. When you see her like doing that weird knuckle rubbing thing together, she's weak as a popcorn fart. She's not hitting anyone. She's not putting him in the hospital anyway. No, but the rage of a woman... Rick, uh, I've been in many relationships where I've done things that have enraged these women that couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag. And the next thing I knew, I was like on my way out of that house because (laughs) it was like the raging cow, not a bull, a raging raging cow. And I must tell you this. She had reason to be pissed at her husband, first for him being half in the bag and caught being uh, drunk and driving, and we don't know the circumstances of that because that was never revealed. Who yeah, knows who, who, Right? Who knows what else is going on in their life? That's their private business, but all families have problems. I mean, sure. the best of families have problems. I've certainly had my fair share of hot mess problems that everybody knows about, but this is part of a marriage. And maybe the guy also, he's 82. I mean, look at the president. He's suffering from uh, dementia. Nancy's suffering from a little dementia. I wouldn't doubt this old time was probably showing some dementia. So who knows? Maybe he wasn't able to put all the pieces together. Yeah, that's true. At the end of the day, we're, we won't really know anything. It stinks. It's it, it's hopefully gonna. They're gonna try to. They're gonna hope to sweep it under the rug, and something else will come along, and we won't talk about it anymore. Right. Just like just Smollett. Just like all this stuff. Right. That's what I call the DID syndrome. Delay dealing with it, ignore it for a while, and then hope that the news cycle goes on to bigger and worse things. Uh, So you deny, ignore, and then you delay doing anything about it. Now, if they close that hearing on Monday when this guy is supposed to be brought out to Pepe, and let's hope he doesn't have an Epstein over the weekend in the San Francisco County lockup. But if Yeah, no doubt. Hey, look, but if he comes into court and immediately they postpone proceedings because they say his uh, court-appointed attorney needs more time to sort of, like, look at all the charges, then we got a real problem. Then they're they're biting for more time. They want more time to be able to put the narrative together. And this is very Kennedy-esque. We saw this all through the Kennedy years. This is how the Kennedys operated the Pelosi's are an old-school Democratic family. The father was mayor of Baltimore. We know where Nancy has made her bones. And uh, they know, delay, ignore, deny, until you can get everything together. Even if it's not plausible, they figure the further it's away from the actual incident, the better off everybody yes. is. Yes. Yep. And, and, and remember, they, if, they, you can, it, it, if you can stretch it right past November 8th, all yeah. the better. Yeah, home run. All right, so yeah. hey, this is all plausible, Rick. And yet people are trying to shut us down. People are trying to intimidate those that discuss this. They can't touch me, man. Forget it. I've had nine noon situations before. 
Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. I don't care. I'll go get a job hanging wallpaper somewhere or move to the uh, sixth borough of the city of New York, uh, Boca Raton. But no, no, no. It's full speed ahead. This is free speech radio. I've had colleagues here who have uh, come up right to the third rail, all of a sudden disappeared, and others who won't touch the third rail. We've already discussed them. I need not have to uh, repeat that. But for me, it's full scale ahead with all of you. You're the experts. You have a right to be heard. This is still America where free speech perseveres, especially here at ABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Away. That was enough to introduce them to punk rock there. But you, uh, Broadway Bill Lee, I know, you're probably down at CBGB's. You love this crap. You know, The Clash, oh, you were there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dead Kennedys, you were there. No, no, enough, enough, enough. Our listeners will bail out on this. I just brought them up because they thought I was, oh, man, a great curse, counterculture, the Guardian Engine. Now they call me a fascist. Well, you're broadcasting at WABC. You're a fascist. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Marianne calling from upstate New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Marianne. Hi, Curtis. I just was listening to your show, and I... Had heard on Friday between three and five. I usually keep Fox or what is the the show on, and I heard that when they, this story broke that one of the reporters said that the police told her it was a woman. I can't think of who it was, and she said that they when they went in to check on him, they couldn't tell who the victim was because they were both in their underwear. You are absolutely, Marianne, correct. The initial report, some of the TV stations had the police having told the police reporters assigned to those uh, TV stations in the San Francisco Bay Area that both men were in their underwear at the time the police were permitted to come in. Somebody opened the door. That's that third person that they've now admitted and that they were both in their underwear. Then all of a sudden, hours later, all of that was scrubbed from all of the posts and uh, taken out of the initial video reports. Uh, they claimed that that was bogus information. Now, um, I would say, okay, let's see how this plays out. It is a little weird that, that both Mr. Pelosi would be in his BVDs and this guy, the Pepe, would be in his BVDs. I'm not ruling it out, but I don't really think that's a key to all of this. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, no, but I think it takes us to a different look at it. Yes. That's the true story. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Uh, it's very. It's very weird and might suggest that something very personal was going on in that house. And, like, yep. 
generally happens? How many times you have relationships, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, there's a fight, it's a domestic call, it's the ones that police don't want to deal with because they're always wrong, they're never white. That's why sometimes they have to step back first and look at it because they'll get involved and then the persons involved in the domestic dispute, whether it's male and male, female, 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 male, will turn on the cops and start wailing on them. Exactly. And I heard, I had heard that uh, that when he had this accident, that he, there was a male passenger, not a female passenger. So Well, you know, that, that is right. In fact, we, uh, we probed that, uh, we compared it to uh, the situation involving one of the greatest crooners of all time. Uh, he originally was with Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes coming out of Philadelphia, but he was the lead singer. It wasn't Harold Melvin. It was Teddy Pendergast. Marianne, this guy had women attending his uh, his concerts, and they were throwing their their bloomers up on the stage, and they would throw they would throw teddy bears because his nickname was Teddy, and uh-huh. they adored him. And obviously, he was very wealthy at that time. The number one singer in the world, Teddy Pendergast, and he's in the brand new Mercedes Benz. It's uh, outside of Philadelphia, the main line, very wealthy area. He's driving. According to the gas station attendant, he had just filled up with gas, and the gas station attendant said, wow, he's with this drop-dead, gorgeous, ebony princess, a female, and he's driving, and he's on his wet roads. He loses control, crashes into a tree. He becomes permanently paralyzed. The woman ends up speaking to the police. She acknowledges he lost control of the vehicle because she was orally fixating him at the time. And it turned out she was not a she. She was a transgender, transvestite, transformer, Marianne. I love your stories. I love you. And I hope I hope you stay on that channel. Oh, the Marianne. Teddy! Teddy! Every woman in the world adored Teddy Pendergast! A transgender, a transvestite. Say it ain't so, Teddy. All right, enough, enough. We're not going to equate uh, this old codger, Mr. Pelosi, to Teddy Pendergast. No, not at all. But, But it is odd, Marianne, that when he got into that fender bender, we were not provided any mugshots. Mugshots are always provided, no matter how popular, no matter how famous, infamous you are, or you could just be a person of no consequence. Your 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 mugshots are out there. We didn't see his mugshots until after they adjudicated his situation in Napa Valley, huh? Ah, that says a lot there. Let's go to George, who's calling from Garden City. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. Hi, Curtis. It's George, the court clerk. After what I'm going to say, you can do a deep dive into this by calling your friends in the police department, especially the sex crimes unit, somebody who really knows, a detective, a female, or a, a male detective. I've seen similar patterns to this. You know, all the years I was in the court, this is not about drugs for 100%, because a guy like him is not going to have somebody come to his house because of who he is. He can get all the drugs he wants if he wants drugs from the clubs he belongs to, from the waiter staff and all of that. I have a strong suspicion, just from what I hear, I've seen similar stuff. At the sex crimes unit, if it's involved with the underwear, if that's true, they would do a deep dive of the defendant's, um, you know, 
computer to see if he's putting himself out there as an escort. They do a deep dive of Pelosi's uh, computers, but they probably couldn't get Pelosi's computer. I just have a suspicion he was having he was involved with this guy. What throws me off is it doesn't throw me off that he hit Pelosi. Uh, sometimes Vic, when they talk about rough sex and all of that stuff, I know you're a high Episcopalian and you don't know about this stuff. When they have fights, when the cops respond, you know, maybe the sex got a little rough and the defense is, well, uh, they wanted me to do this, they wanted me to do that. Some of the times, most of the times it's bull, but some of the times it's believable. And when the cops come in after the person called, they call to, like, scare the guy to go away. Because I can bet you $10,000 that he had panic buttons. He didn't want to use the panic button, so they'd all swarm in on the place. I, and the thing about him hitting Mr. Pelosi when they come, I've seen that before in testimony. The cops run in, and the guy gets pissed off. You called me here, now, and now you call the cops on me? You know, sometimes the guy would punch the late in these cases I would see. He'd punch the person in the face. Homosexual, uh, heterosexual, it doesn't make a difference. So this guy, it does make sense that he hit, unless he's totally insane, that he hit Mr. Pelosi when he saw the cops because it's infuriating him. It's a, it's, a, it's a natural reaction. You call the effing cops on me, boom. So I'm not saying, uh, you know, Pelosi should have got hurt, but it's more to the case, 100%. You're not going to find, we're not going to find out till this case goes to trial, if it goes to trial, because all truth comes out at the trial. But I am telling you, if you call, maybe Bo Deedle, if you, you know, tell him what I'm telling you, he won't know he was a street cop, but he may know a sex crime guy who investigates cases like that. And this fits the pattern. I've seen it. Or, it, or it's the other thing. It's a total nut job that broke in. I didn't hear the part. Was glass found on the outside or in the inside? It was found on the outside of the patio. Yeah, and then after they left, he may have hit it to set himself up. But this this guy's probably a nut. The fact that he may be a nut, and this is what happened. But they're going to cover it up. But it's it doesn't pass the smell test. Now, I'm just a jerk, but I had 35 years' experience seeing hundreds of proceedings, and that's my take on it. I don't know if I'm making any No, 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 George. Uh, just uh, for the edification of our audience, George uh, has been a court clerk involved in some of the most uh, famous and infamous cases that have made it to the front pages of the newspapers, and you've always been so kind to call us and give us a sort of behind-the-scenes insight in connecting the dots in a way that we never would have been able to do ourselves. Yeah, but, Curtis, am I making sense? that It's yes. not drugs. Yeah. It's not drugs at all. It's some kind of sexual component. I don't want to say anything, but that's how it sounds. No, no. Every, everything you've described generally occurs when somebody has been invited over and let's say they have the urge to merge regardless of what their sexuality is, and then one person calls the cops, and you're right. They say one person doesn't want to go through with it, or the, sometimes I, I don't want to be vulgar. You have a nice audience. You know, there's rough sex. Some people like kinky stuff. Yes. There's rough, sex, there's rough stuff going on, mm. and the other person doesn't want to continue, and it continues. Now, I had a case where the guy was found guilty, but then when it was time to go to jail, these were two gay guys. The other one recanted. The good, the good end to the story, they wound up marrying. But this stuff does happen. When it comes to sex and money, strange things happen. Well, but this you, is you not see, what it is. you did light me up because, George, uh, 
the city of San Francisco gave our guardian angels a major award before the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. And the former deputy police commissioner I befriended who right. has since moved. So he's he's not involved in what goes on in San Francisco, I, I but he can find out. I don't know. Yeah, he I can. Mean, he can find out for me. You just reminded me. I got to tap into him. He's living right, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona now. But, Curtis, the scenario I told you, somebody from New York City, the sex crimes unit, the detective, if, I don't want you to. Last time you taped me, you taped me about Sirico being dead. I got in trouble with my hey, aunt. Yeah, but we had we had to reveal the truth. You, you yes. understand. Everybody oh, was boy. denying about uh, oh. Sirico, and we had to tell the truth. No, no. You know, <laughs> to make you laugh. I don't talk about the dead anymore. My aunt gets mad, the old aunt. We were talking a while back about uh, Carlos Santana, and I realize he's alive. My grown-up kids wanted to see him at Mohegan Suns a few weeks ago, and he's still alive. Now, Carlos, who lived near you on the Alphabet Land, he should be on the All-Star team (laughs) along with Mick Jagger. What's Mick Jagger's sidekick for taking drugs and drinking for 50 years and can still perform? He's on the All-Star team of that. I got to tell you, Carlos Santana was uh, locked up at the 9th Precinct, Lower East Side. More than that. This is when I lived there. He got locked up. They had just taken me out of a cell downtown to uh, the tombs for processing. They brought in Santana. He would always have these wild parties. And yet, he also went through a period of time that he was like into Sri Shamoy, you know, the cult. He was avoiding drugs and alcohol. Let me tell you something. That guy was wild and crazy in the Lower East Side. Yes, yes, he's the Depends crew. The Depends crew is following him. By the way, just side note, uh, Broadway Bill Lee, Carlos Santana, after he fainted on that stage in Wisconsin, you know the two groups performing? Carlos Santana and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Need I say anything more? Both snurdly, right? Take that, both snurdly. The great group that came out of San Francisco, Oaktown, Sly in the Family Stone. When we come back, we need a little Sly in the Family Stone. Got to tell you, a lot of great bands come out of the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Obviously, we all know Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead. They continue, although not in the same capacity, without Garcia. Then you have uh, Great Slick, Jefferson Airplane. Great bands. And what a lot of people fail to mention is Sly and the Family Stone who rocked out at the Fillmore West near Haight-Ashbury and also just dominated at Woodstock 1969 on the stage from 1 to 4 in the morning, three hours nonstop, and nobody went to sleep. Nobody went to sleep. (laughs) But we've taken a stand. We've walked the third rail and will continue to walk the third rail when I return from 9 to 11 with any late-breaking details. As we talk all Pelosi all the time, we're not, we're not letting this one go. Oh, no. We've been on it. 
from the first moment of my broadcast on Saturday morning from 12 to 6, followed by in the middle with uh, Anthony Weiner. He didn't want to touch this. No, no, no. He didn't want to touch this. And then another six-hour extravaganza. And now, as we approach the 9 to 11 hour, hopefully there's some kind of press conference. Hopefully Nancy Pelosi actually comes out in the public. We can see where she's been, what she's been up to. We know she wasn't injured. The mystery continues. 72 hours. And we haven't had one update. By all these... Law enforcement agencies, the FBI, the Capitol Police, the California State Police, the San Francisco PD, the prosecutor's office there. We haven't seen Pretty Boy, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. You know, they always want FaceTime, right? He's running for the presidency. (laughs) He, he, He wouldn't want FaceTime here, but no, it's sort of like they know. They got to create a narrative here to make sense of all this because... The pieces are not fitting in the puzzle. You know, like when you put a puzzle together and you say, where did these two pieces come from? The pieces do not fit in the puzzle. Anyway, let's go to Steve in Philadelphia. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. Curtis, how you doing? Uh, I'm walking the third rail, so I'm making sure that I don't become collateral damage because of our a total pursuit of getting the truth in this situation. (laughs) Um, I want to know why there was no security. Like, she's the third person in line to be president. Where was all the uh, the Comisicam guys that walk around and check everything all day long? It just happened? Well, Steve, uh, I must tell you, uh, I'm not familiar with a lot of families in Pacific Heights. It's not the kind of neighborhoods uh, where I was invited to come into in uh, San Francisco. That was the Tenderloin, the Mission, the Lower Tenderloin. But having traveled in that area, it's a quasi-private community. They don't have, like, um, gated uh, homes, meaning the houses are gated, but it's not like a gated community where there's a... Checkpoint, Charlie, you know, you have to go through uh, 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 a line in which, uh, you know, you're vetted before you can come into the compound. But they have a lot of private security. They have a lot of cameras. You would think you're worth $150 million, Mr. Pelosi was, benefiting from all that insider information that your wife as speaker was giving to you to invest, that you would have had some form of security on the compound. And again, Nobody has been able to determine that because nobody will answer any questions, Steve. That's what's spooky about it. It's And it's too too well-placed during election time on top of that. It's well, like a if, situation. If in, right. In fact, let's say it did happen, but it isn't the way the narrative is, the way the president of the United States was screaming in Philadelphia yesterday, you know, all part of the continuous MAGA assault on uh, democracy in America, the remnants of January 6th. He has nothing to back that up, but he wants to attach it because of November 8th. We should not have to wait until after November 8th to find out what really happened in the Pelosi compound. Whether it's good or bad for the Pelosi's, it's more important that we, the people, know. We pay the bills. This is a land of free speech. We have a right to this information 
And right now they have it in lockdown, Steve. They have it in lockdown. And, and we've got to really pressure. The media has to really pressure and demand answers because right now they're not. They're not. They, they have no interest whatsoever in it. But if that was a Republican, oh, my goodness, it'd be 24-7 all day long. You know? All I suggest is the Pelosi's old school Democrats from the era of the Kennedys, the Camelot era. And again, the position, uh, Steve, is DID, deny that what's taken place has actually transpired. Try to ignore it, which is what they're doing now. And then delay doing anything about it, hoping that a new news cycle comes in and sweeps out the interest in what is the number one story. It is for the people. It may not necessarily be for the news divisions because, obviously, they're obsessed with the midterms, which ultimately is the more important issue. But we can't get to that unless we get some clarification on this. So between now and when I return at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be using every contact that I've ever had. And I've had a huge number of contacts in Northern California, especially Berkeley, especially San Francisco. They're no longer there, but they they obviously have affiliations with a lot of the uh, police departments and the criminal justice agencies. And I'll do my best, as we've done ever since we came on the air, 12 midnight Saturday to give you news and information updates that you weren't getting from anywhere else. We'll avoid uh, doing what James Golden did, which is say, I'm not going there. I'm not stepping on the third rail. We'll avoid what our colleague Greg Kelly did, which was a magnificent job on the radio and TV, and then he went overboard on his Twitter account, and he had to take it all down because he's so associated with Trump and the MAGA group and that. We, we're in a unique situation. I'm not a Trumper. I'm not MAGA. And I've hung out with hippies, and I know Berkeley, and I know San Francisco, and I know the politics there. So I'm pretty much the captain who can guide this ship until we get some answers and really continue to pressure because they're remaining quiet. Think of it. In a 24-hour news cycle that our country is immersed in, when's the last time you remember any crime? without a police update 72 hours later. We're not even talking. Just somebody being pushed in front of a subway. Somebody being robbed. Somebody being mugged. The police will usually give you two, three press conferences and promise to update you. Nothing. The code of omerta. They might want this to go away. Monday morning, very important. The arraignment of the Pepe. If all of a sudden they say, well, he has new counsel... Council needs time to uh, jump into this because of all the associated charges attached to his arrest and push it off until after November 8th and hope that nothing leaks. But we're not going to wait. We're going to try to resolve this between 9 and 11. So I don't want to hear that there's football on. I don't want to hear anything else going on. You better be listening to WABC because maybe others have avoided this. Curtis Slee will always charge this forward. It's high noon. Win, lose, or draw. We, the people, are not going to lose this one.